0: Welcome, welcome to episode number 37 of Bleeding Blue, and we are here to remind you that we are officially in the month of February, and the Yankees will be playing baseball this month!
1: No way. I don't believe it. Yes. It's actually happening? It's actually happening, but today,
0: let's stay calm, because we're still technically in the off-season mode, and today, for this week, Bleeding Blue... The regular Bleeding Blue crew is here, and we're here to talk about some lineups, defensive alignment, unfortunately, some Machado rumors and news, and maybe even some Harper news, some proposed rule changes, Pekoda predictions, and most importantly, Zach Britton has changed the spelling of his name. So, without further ado,
1: let's bleed. Blue, 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 blue. (laughs) Dun did it into
0: was great Brett that
2: was great Was my clapping good Justin oh
0: your clapping was fantastic that that was a that was a a team effort on the intro right there team effort on the intro so like I said the bleeding blue crew we are all here at the Yankees crew that is we are here and it's actually strange we're in the month of February and we can actually talk some concrete baseball and not just rumors we don't have to tell fun stories even though that was really fun Go back to episode number 35 of Bleeding Blue and listen to some fun Yankee stories that we told. So that was really fun, and we really enjoyed that. That's a timeless episode. doesn't matter when you listen to that. Renato, you had quite the day today. So I want to check in with you to see how you're doing and how you're feeling entering into this
2: podcast. So, it, if you guys have listened already to the uh, New York Hockey Thought of the Day podcast, shout out to that. So, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. I went to the Dells game today. I got free, thanks to my, my ticket rep, Jessica, free club seats, six rows from the ice. So, free food, free drink, six rows from the ice. But, unfortunately, those lost. But, I mean, with free food, free drink. And six rows from the ice seating for free, $600 value. And I also got one of the Devils Legends autograph, Bruce Dryther. So I, I had a fantastic day, Justin. It was great.
0: Okay, so you went to the Devils game. They unfortunately lost. You got some club seat, sweets,
2: whatever access. No, no sweets, like, club seating, no sweets, nonsense. Justin J. Penick. How are you today, sir? Justin J. Penick? Okay. Um, Which, what's your J. middle name,
0: by the way? My middle name is Kyle. So Justin K. Penick, I know, but uh, Justin knows why I always use J. Oh boy, J. Penick seventy four on Twitter. Um, my day was pretty good. I went to Texas Roadhouse for dinner, and I had Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Um, in your smooth, silky voice, there, Brett. So I had a lot of food. Um, I'm tired, even though it's Saturday. So preface this again. If there's, we release Yankee episodes on Monday. We release Giants episodes on wednesday so if there's any news that happens why well, after we record we're sorry and if there's any kind of emergency podcast we need to do we'll do some emergency podcast but i'm doing really well i had a good day i had a good saturday brett how was your day it was
1: great flyers won Woo! let's go and cornell won and college yeah flyers won again 10 straight games with a point they've won nine out of ten uh they lost the shootout the last game but sucks. They crushed the ducks today, and they are pushing to try to be relevant again. Playoffs. I, I think they've become somewhat relevant now, so I'm I'm in good spirits because of that. Are we talking the no playoffs? I'm not or? talking playoffs. What's that? I'm just I'm just I, I, I'm just trying to win games. You're just trying enjoying to enjoy life. You try to enjoy life, drink a nice cold beer. In terms of the
2: Flyers yeah. winning, toast to Philadelphia, baby. Toast. toast. Indeed. Ew! Toast, to Philadelphia.
0: Enjoy the moment, though, Brett. So, what we're gonna do? What we're gonna do is we're gonna enjoy the moment and looking forward. Enjoy the moment, looking forward. Doesn't that make sense? That's a that's a double negative. Um, enjoy the moment by looking forward to Yankees baseball. That's just so a how contradiction. About that? That's a con- that's not a double negative. I guess I guess it's a contradiction. So, yeah. let's start off with the biggest piece of news that we had this week. Zach Britton has officially changed the spelling of his first name. No. Yes, that's now. the biggest news of the week. I I can't believe it. Uh, it's it's the most important in my mind. What did he change it to? He changed it to a s uh, s z a c k. What instead of my stage name, as he put it, z a c h. I like z a c h better.
1: Well, I'm sorry. He changed <laughs> it. <laughs> this is this is the reason why I like this move here by Zach Britton. You like Let's the hear- move? I like the move. Zach with a K is way more gratifying than with an H. I mean, it should be Zach or something. It's a C-H. A C-H makes a ch sound. C-K, there's no, there's no doubt there. Zach Britton is a more confident man than he has ever been right now. I guarantee because of this name change, because of changing H to a K, he's going to go out there and, and kill it this year. Yankees already have their first K on the season. How many
0: times did we have to see that on Twitter this week? To <laughs> do <Do-do-ch. laughs> so technically, Zach with CK is his legal name. So he tech, I mean, I guess he changed it, but he didn't change it. Yeah, he put that in quotes, air quotes. So um, but I mean, I yeah, like I, I have I have so many questions by this, and I'm fascinated. Why did he do this? Why did he why didn't he correct somebody when they spelled his name incorrectly? Now I will admit, yeah, I, there have been a few bowling. I've been in a decent amount of bowling leagues and a decent amount of bowling matches in my life between high school and then bowling in the leagues outside of high school where they've and they've spelled my name wrong, mm. and I've and I've never said anything, including this one league where it was my last name is J Penick, so it's P E N I K. They spelled it. P e n i c k. That's not and, innocent enough. And, but no, but then also during a high school bowling match, they spelled my name as P-N-I-L-E, penile. P e n i l e, which is <laughs> which is borderline borderline inappropriate. Like borderline <laughs>
1: borderline playoffs. <laughs> that is inappropriate. I was I was on
0: J V at the time, so I guess I deserved it. You know, that was like a that was like a hazing first year on the bowling team hazing effort right there. But that totally was, man. I never I never corrected it though. But I mean I guess maybe if you're like a major league baseball, you kind of have to correct if somebody spells your first
1: name wrong. Well, he didn't know. He thought his name was spelled that way. He just realized this year that it was his life's been a lie. No, he clearly knew that his legal name was spelled Z-A-C-K. No, no, he didn't. He said maybe, his life's a lie. He didn't know that. This is this is a, a life-changing experience. No, I honestly think like
0: I love I'm a big fan of Shania Twain. And Shania is not her real name. Her real name is Eileen. So Shania is her stage name. But then when, when she's with her friends and family, she's Eileen. So maybe this is an effort no, of it's a completely
1: different name. This is still Zach. It's just misspelled.
0: No, but then during, during, as a baseball player, he is Z-A-C-H, but with the family and the wife and the kids, he's Z-A-C-K. But why did he make the change now then? I, I don't know. Maybe because the Yankees have empowered wait. him to be his true and authentic self.
2: Wait, wait so, so you're saying that this whole time he was with his family at Z-A-C-K? Yeah, he's no. Zach
0: with it's not his right. – He's Zach with his family, but then he was Zach as a Major League no, Baseball No, that makes pitcher.
1: absolutely no sense, Pa. Yeah, exactly. He literally said in the tweet, hashtag my life's a lie or something like that. He thought it was spelled C-H, but it no. came to his attention. I don't know who brought it to his attention, but it came to his attention that it was actually C-K. No. It was. That's what he said. You can't just
0: deny facts. I thought somebody spelled his name wrong early in his career and then he just never corrected anybody.
2: No. Hey, how, do you, do realize, how
0: do you guys guys guys? You know you do we do have the googles, right? How do you just realize that your name is spelled another a different way? How do you just discover that?
1: It happens.
0: Oh my gosh. Renato, can you confirm or deny this?
2: I I, I I'm looking at the googles right now. Was, yeah, he tweeted. He's like, the Yankees burn is switching the last letter of his first name from H to K because Zach is indeed his legal name.
0: But no. did he know that it was his legal name for all these years, or did he just find out? I think he just found out from his parents. I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. What a, This is a wild circumstance. I have so many. I still have so many questions.
1: So hold on. Does you the know the wild does, deserve a Y in there instead of an I? Y- yes. You know what we
2: need to do? You know what you to do, Justin? Go to batting practice one day, go up to him and be like, Zach, how'd you find out about your name being changed? This will I be sh-
1: how we break through as a podcast. Exactly. I'm going to
2: ask, I'm going to jump in,
0: I'm going to slide into Zach Britton's DMs and say, can I please interview to have a exclusive
1: on how this happened? But you don't have even media credentials, man, do you? N- no. It's
2: DMs so the DMs. It's
0: it's yeah, it's it's if I'm a nice enough person.
1: It's not about being nice guy. Oh yeah. you, yes, you have to do something for him. You have to do okay. something for him.
0: You know what I will do? I will love him forever. There you go. I will love Zach Britton forever. All right. Um any <laughs> <laughs> any uh any other final thoughts on this whole wild situation? Can't be honest with five. you. Yes, be uh be be honest with us, Renata.
2: It's it's just it's just a name change. I really don't get too
1: shit. <gasps> wow. As, yeah. long, as long as Zach Brin produces with me, I don't care if his name is an H or K, it does not matter to me. I told you that he's confident now he's gonna produce. Don't be
0: a party pooper, Renato. Have fun with the off-season stories. That's okay. Speaking of off-season stories, oh oh. Speaking of off-season stories, there was some Machado and Harper news today. Ooh. So Ooh. reportedly. The Yankees have offered Manny Machado a $220 million contract for either seven or eight years. Bless you, Brett. The seven year contract would be around $31 million per year. The eight year contract would be around $27.5 million. Um, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper both feel that they are worth over $300 million. So that's a little bit off from the uh, projected, uh, you know, salary, total salary. But, you know, I guess it's a ballpark offer, right? It's tough to really say because it's tough to really know what people have really offered. That is is true.
1: Should we even believe that this report today is true? Well, the thing is, we know, though, supposedly, that the White Sox have offered what, like 260, 270, somewhere around there. Uh, That was reported anyway. So if the Yankees only offered 220, Matano's taking the most. So I I doubt the Yankees have offered less than what the White Sox. I disagree. He's not taking a discount. I guarantee you he's, he's taking not. taking a discount. He's not. Not No I'm chance.
2: Machado, Machado's going to see how much Yankees can pull before going to the Yankees.
1: He's not taking a $50 million discount. That would be insane. I don't right. care what which team you want to play for. The Yankees get to 270 or 260 or whatever, that neighborhood, and then... If I'm no, telling you right now, happens. he's
2: going to sign with the Yankees at like 230, 240 million.
1: Not yeah, if the White Sox are offering 270.
2: He, he would rather take a three million discount to win championships
1: and go to the White No, he wouldn't. I guarantee you he wouldn't. Guar- guarantee? Yep. You want to make, make a bet right now? I'm not guaranteeing he won't sign with the Yankees. That's not the guarantee here. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm saying he won't take a discount. What do you think, Justin? I was just proud of myself that
2: I
0: didn't really react to this. Uh, I
2: reacted to it.
0: Over, over the course of the offseason, we actually did have a Bleeding Blue episode where we were just presuming that Manny Machado was already on the team. Thank you, Dan Clark, and thank you, Max Wildstein. But neither here nor there. Um, Wait, Dan Clark actually, I need to say this. Dan Clark followed the Bleeding Blue account and my personal Twitter account. He followed me on both accounts. That shows how much of a loser he is. Does he, oh! does he, does he not know that I publicly bashed him both on this podcast and on Talking Yanks, any publicity is good publicity. That's what he's thinking right there. I guess he must not know. I mean, obviously, I'm a nobody, but really, like, anyway. Um, I did I follow him back? I have no clue if I followed him back. You sorry, Dan, sorry, Dan Clark, if you're listening to this and you're offended, say, but say thank you. No, I will not say thank that. you. <laughs> Renato said, thank you for me. Yeah. But I, I have, I have no reaction until any official news comes out. I will have no reaction. That's why I wanted you guys to talk about it. So thank you for talking about it. Now we can move on.
1: You're welcome. You're okay.
0: welcome. Oh, Harper. Um, let's talk about Harper before we move on. Um, Harper, Brett, you summarized it very well with giants news. They're both very intrigued,
1: right? Yeah. And Apparently the, uh, the giants have obviously met with Bryce Harper and you know, Buster Posey, uh, you know, Harper brought up Buster Posey and likes him and whatnot. And they were all smoochy, smoochy and everything, according to reports from Heyman and whatnot. But the thing is, we heard the exact same stuff after the Phillies and Bryce Harper met. And that was like a month ago now. So what does it really mean? Nothing. Just that Harper wants money and they're trying to drive up the price as much as possible. Hey, you know that Buster Posey? I really like that guy. I nice. really like it. He's he over the hill. Anybody who still thinks he's an elite uh catcher is a joke. Does it doesn't mean that you have to like him as a baseball player. Just like, hey, you know, you know that Buster Posey guy? Seems like a good guy. The Giants aren't going anywhere. Why would Bryce Harper throw out his entire career with the Giants? I don't get it. And it's why it's not going to happen. If I had a little money, it's a rich man's
0: world. Okay. Um so there were some proposed rule changes put forward by um by uh, people in baseball this week, and mm. we're going to talk about some of them. Is there any single one that's on the top of any of yours brain that you want to address first?
2: Well, I don't want to address the uh, draft picks. Oh, let's do yeah. it. Because, yeah, I mean, if the team sucks for like a couple of years, you shouldn't be penalizing them for for sucking for a couple of years and get a lower draft pick as a result. That makes no sense. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Ken Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic came out with an article this past week or last week that baseball is going to propose some rule changes. MLB and Players Union proposed these rules and that we're going to see if they're going to be voted on the owners, they're going to be voted on by the owners, and we'll see if they're going to be approved. And then one of the first ones that was proposed is that according to Rosenthal, if a team fails to reach a certain win total for X amount of years in a row. They will slide down in the draft order, so it will impact your draft order and where you're drafting. Now, you see, Brett, we were talking about this before the podcast. What's strange strange about this is that there are certain teams, like the Baltimore Orioles last year, who actually were trying to go out and, you know, you think maybe win 80
1: games, 70 games, right? They were trying to be competitive, certainly.
0: Yeah, you know, they're, they're trying to be 500. They're trying to be on the... The break of trying to do something. But then they go out, and how many games did they win last year? They won 47 games last year. Yeah. So a a bit, a bit under what was expected. So that's not necessarily a team that's tanking. But now they are. Certainly now they are. Yeah. So, but this, so this is going to be interesting to see how
1: this is voted on but but my point is by saying that is that it's not for one year. If you're bad for one year, this p- proposed rule won't take into account it take into effect. It's if you suck for three, four years, something like that, maybe, maybe longer, probably about that would be the idea for the rule. Yeah. yeah I still think it's a ridiculous rule. I, I, I don't, this rule is far too complicated to go
0: far. Yeah. Basically. So, I mean, I guess you're looking at the Astros for a few years there. The Chicago Cubs before they put their World Series winning roster together a few years before that they won the World Series so I guess you might as well call this the Astros and the Cubs rule um and the Phillies rule you know how many years were the Phillies kind of bad and
1: they were well, the tanking. Phillies weren't dreadful and they and they weren't trying to lose on purpose this rule is aimed at teams trying to lose on purpose
2: yeah but I can was losing on purpose
1: well, the Orioles are clearly trying to lose on purpose this year. They have gutted their roster of all competent talent. But I think and they're basically going with mi- minor league players. that's Marlins. on purpose.
0: The Marlins too. Yeah, Marlins too. All mm. right, anybody else? So this is so you guys think this is too complicated? This yeah. is too too uh, arbitrary. I don't want. Is it arbitrary the right word? Or too vague? Too vague of a rule to really try. It is try arbitrary. To, it's definitely yeah. arbitrary. Yeah, to try to administer and try to apply to major league baseball okay Renato what's the what's the next rule that you kind of want to you kind of want to touch upon the
2: next rule what about the the pitch clock rule mm. the, 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 20 seconds enough of pitch clock
0: all right so what another rule that was proposed now they have been doing this in the minor leagues for quite a while now so there are pitchers in our minor in every team's minor league system that has been trying to play with this pitch clock and pitch with this pitch clock and there is a clock now, if you notice, if you're at the games. There yes, is there is. yes, there is. Yes, yeah. there is. And I've always wondered why. Like, why even have it there? Yeah.
2: I, I think the clock is for, like, uh, between innings most of, most of the time. Yeah,
1: it's between innings, certainly. But it is being used in between pitches, though. I have seen that. Maybe, maybe they're just testing it out just to see, like, yeah. what's the reaction time. I think the fact that they're testing this out means it's going to happen. I think this one's likely to
2: happen. I'll be honest. I don't think it's going to be a big impact.
1: Well, unless you have a guy like Pedro Baez who takes like oh, yeah. 30 years <laughs> between pitches. All right. Other than that, I wanted to select a few. I think this would yeah. be okay in baseball. Chapman takes a while too
2: sometimes. Ooh, Chapman? Yeah. Well, he's going to hurry yeah, up.
0: Ch- Chapman takes about 28,
1: 27 seconds per pitch. Wow. Oh,
2: he's going to hurry up.
1: Well, he's getting old. He's got it. I mean, to, to ramp it up to 102 every time, he it, it takes you know a little more break. Well, you don't need the 102
2: every time to get you guys out.
1: It kind of does. I mean, you've seen him with, with lower uh, velocity. Yeah, he's a little more hittable, huh? I'm just saying. This is my proposal.
0: What's your proposal? And this is with some some of the other rule proposals, too. I think after the sixth inning, okay. the pitch clock the pitch clock goes off. You're not really speeding up the game, then. No, right. I mean, that's now that, yeah, now you see, that's the thing, Brett, where Major League Baseball is trying to speed up the game and they're trying to make this a young person's game when none of, when basically, I would say maybe everything besides the Universal DH, besides the Universal DH, none of these rules are trying to get more people and a younger audience to
1: watch Major League Baseball as they should be. Is that fair? Do, do, do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, I, I certainly agree that they, that they want to make it a younger man's game.
0: Now, the one thing I do like what they're doing is that, that there is more of an effort and there's going to be more of an emphasis on
1: putting a microphone on players. Really? Yes. Well, I noticed they've been doing that with uh, the national broadcast. They actually like, talk to players. Well, they, yeah. they talk to managers before innings? Or you know how they did that thing with
0: Mookie Betts during spring training? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Or even during the All-Star Game. I know they mm-hmm. talked to a few guys and they had them. Now, obviously, that's a different atmosphere. That's a different vibe. But, you know, wouldn't it be awesome to have a microphone on Aaron Judge before the inning where he's throwing around a baseball with the kid or even just have a microphone on in the dugout? You know, CC Sabathia in the dugout during a Yankees game. Are you kidding me? Especially if an unedited fil-
1: of an unedited version can be can be released for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I totally agree with this. Baseball needs to become more interactive, more fan mm-hmm. friendly, and this is exactly the stuff you kind of start need to doing. I mean, yeah. it, it's not like it's not like with football because you have like plays and stuff that are like secret and you can't be exposing them. You're not coming up with plays in baseball. You're standing there. Yeah, but even but even <laughs> with football, how many people have a microphone on them? They do, but obviously, you know, there's a certain, there's certain secretive part of it where it needs to be off. Right, the of the game. right. But, but
0: still, the point is is that even though football, you have 53 guys on the field, it's obviously still a very team-driven league, but there are superstars that people look for, and, and it's, instead of a team, you will watch football games because of certain players.
1: Yeah. You watch baseball games because of certain players, too. It's, 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 I think it's almost even more of an individual driven game. It's just that those individuals aren't as dynamic in terms of their personalities because there's not as much access to them. And I think this is what this is trying to improve, trying to give these players personalities, you know, and and get the fans to meet them basically.
0: Yeah. And I basically, and I like how you mentioned the word access because when Mike Trout comes up to the plate and then Aaron judge comes up to the plate, you got to wait 45, 30 minutes sometimes, you know, between that time frame you have to wait a decent amount of time until you see those guys up to bat again and if they and if there's nothing going on in the field for them to make any kind of play you don't see them so this is a great way to like you said i like that word access um and then when i was actually interviewing john boy a while back. Go back and listen to that episode because we had a really good conversation. Again, you want to talk about a timeless conversation that doesn't matter when you listen to it. I said that his overall vision for talking Yanks as a brand is going to save the game of baseball, not necessarily saying that the game in the way that it's played needs to be saving, like this 20-second pitch clock, even the universal DH where it does make sense. There is a part of the National League and there is a strong argument for Pitchers batting in the NL because that's their tradition and that's what they do. How the game of baseball needs saving and how the MLB needs saving as a brand is it needs to become more
1: interactive, especially with its players. And you know that's what they're thinking because you heard rumblings of MLB's displeasure over Mike Trout not being, not acting like a superstar. Obviously right. in a, in terms of ability certainly he's the best player in the league. You know that, that's pretty much a fact. But in terms of his personality he doesn't like all the attention that comes with being the best player in the league. That comes with being the LeBron James. LeBron of James. Baseball. LeBron James is a dynamic personality that loves the attention, creates you know controversy. It talks all the time. Mike Trout does none of that, and baseball players don't do that overall. And <laughs> I think that's what kind of is annoying. <laughs> you know, the lack of, the lack of, you know, some of that controversy really annoys some right. of the higher ups in the major league offices. But if you but if you do kind
0: of change the culture, and I mentioned talking yanks, and basically the whole basis of, I feel like what we try to do here, what we try. But, you know, you look at people who do it right, like the guys at Talking and Yanks, and obviously it's different from players and then people who podcast and then people who analyze and then people who, you know, are fans. But fans interact with each other. And right now in baseball, they're it between the players and between the fans, they're, they don't incentivize or encourage that kind of interaction. And I really think they should. That's why it's kind of refreshing to see... You know, I kind of want to I'm I'm gonna bite my may wanna bite my tongue on this, but it's refreshing to see Clint Frazier <laughs> interact with fans on Twitter, even though very un-Yankee-like. Also, yeah. another guy who's really fun, who's a really fun to follow on Twitter, Sean Doolittle. Sean really, Doolittle. really Yeah, he has a really, really fun Twitter. He hasn't he really does not hold back from giving some of his takes on the game of baseball. And it's fun, it you know, it's it's interactive, and a lot of fans know who Sean Doolittle is, not necessarily because he's a pretty good lefty pitcher, but because he interacts with people on Twitter and he interacts with people. So people are going to probably be more likely to watch some of those games. He's still in the Nationals. Yep. Yeah, good for me. Good for me. Um, So, yeah, he's still on the Nationals. All right, so let's let's go through some of these other rule changes. 22nd pitch clock. Brett doesn't really think that it's going to have that much of an impact on speeding up the games. Renato, do you agree with that? I agree I I I agree I think it's going to be like normal. with you. Yeah, cuz especially like if you go and the reason why I proposed if you are going to have a pitch clock, it's before the 6th inning because some of these relievers when they get into trouble and when they get into pits, it's high anxiety, high pressure. And if there's a 20 second pitch clock, that moment goes by quicker. In a way that that's the moment that you want to amplify in baseball even though it could be exhausting, even though it could be ex- you know frustratingly long, those are the moments that you want to amplify where it's bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, two men out, and here's the pitch that can make or break the game. You kind of want to amplify that moment. I don't think you want to fast forward that moment and rush it. So that's just me.
1: Although, you know what? You know, something uh, just fascinating I just saw. Apparently, this is really cool. Apparently, th- there's an article that argues on SB Nation back in 2017 that time between pitches is actually a huge driving factor. By how much? Okay, and so there there there's a very uh, interesting graphic that's that shows a a game that has 20 hits in 13 runs, taking three hours and seven minutes, mm-hmm. and in 1984. That same game, 21 hits, 13 runs, taking two hours, 30 minutes, and 12 seconds. Now, I haven't read the whole all the details, but I think some of this has to do with walks. Keep going. I want to read this article, and maybe we can talk about this.
0: Yeah. or Maybe we can even. I mean, obviously, this is an ongoing conversation that can yeah. be touched upon anytime throughout spring training. We're gonna find that spring training is going to be very, very long, and it's going to be longer than we expect. So this can even be something that we can come back to. But. Yeah many times do you see especially guys on the yankees how many guys how many times do you see guys on the yankees swinging at the first pitch rarely ever right yeah, yeah
2: they want to take pitches take pitches take pitches mm-hmm. i mean
0: that's that's aaron boone's forte grinding out at bats seeing more pitches eventually the more pitches that you see you are going to get a better pitch to hit one to drive out of the ballpark so that's ultimately the goal so brett keep on reading that article and if there's anything you want to circle upon we can Okay. Um, do we have any reaction to reducing mound visits? I'm for. It. I mean,
2: I I think with 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 the numbers already this year, I think that's not gonna be a big impact as well. Uh, uh, a so team like Gary Sanchez needs to start limiting his visits. No, and and they and the Yanke- and
0: they did. I mean, Gary Sanchez and the Yankees did very well with limiting the mound visits last year. So what they're basically proposing is that it would go from six. So it was six last year. It would go six to four in 2019. So that'd be this year, and then four to three in 2020. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mind it. Teams always adjust. Um, the Yankees adjusted, and so will everyone else. So would it? Does it really make that much of a
1: difference? No, but uh, just something. Just something to note. Biggest difference I'm seeing yeah. here as I break it down is the changes starts to occur going into the seventh inning. Like six going to seventh inning. That's the biggest time that there's a difference between 2014 and 1984. You know, the bottom of the six is taking longer, and onwards. Right, right.
0: Because now obviously you're having more relief pitchers. Pitchers aren't going as long as they were, and you know you're bringing in multiple pitchers per inning. And relief pitchers have the tendency to take longer per pitch than starting pitchers. And I'm saying this kind of off my brain as opposed to actually having data,
1: but I think this is pretty a fair evaluation and and again that we, we go back to the uh i'm not sure if we brought this up even yet actually the uh the three batter minimum that rule that proposed role yes yes let's get that's great transition let's get right into it yeah i i do
0: that's complete baloney all right so let's talk about what it is first um so it's talking about how now this is from innings one through nine that when a pitcher comes into the game they need to face at least three batters before there could be a pitching change on the mound. So, Renato, you think it's complete baloney? Tell me why.
2: I mean, if so, so for example, if it's bases loaded, right? The the pitcher started the inning, bases loaded, two out. Well, the close is completely sucked, right? You need someone to lock it down. You tell me, you can't you can't change pitchers? You need to have a T guy out there. It's Baloney. It's a critical critical moments sometimes you need to have the best pitchers out there at the critical moment. And you, you just can't have the, the person that starts the inning have to complete the inning. I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't. Brett, you
1: brought it up. Any thoughts? Um, It's interesting here. In, in an article from Rosenthal, they said the average percentage of relief appearances lasting less than three batters has been pretty steady around 15%, actually for three decades. But... it it dipped to about 14.1% last year, you know, in 2018. Mm -hmm. So is this really an issue of, uh, of pace of play? You know, would this really improve, you know, on that? Is
0: is this really going to get the younger
1: audience to start watching baseball games? Honestly, what also actually usually happens with these one batter or one, maybe two batter, but let's just say one batter, uh, Pitchers, these are the most exciting parts of the game. This right. is like it's bases loaded, and there's one or two outs. You, you copy me now,
2: bro. You copy me now. Copy me. There's a
1: lefty coming up, and you need know, a lefty coming in. So I agree with Renato. It's it, I, I I I don't yeah. think to change. Uh, I, I don't think changing this uh, rule would make the game better. It might make well, it worse. Well, actually, I just thought about this. So this
0: is in contradiction to myself by saying that the three batter minimum is not an effort to want to get a younger audience to watch. Let's just say you have two righties to start an inning and then Bryce Harper comes on with two men, with um, two men on nobody out, right? Cause let's just say the first two guys got on Bryce Harper comes to the plate and it's the bottom of the ninth inning. You have to face that third batter. So righties on the mound in a way, this is trying to invite more offense into the game because you're preventing teams from playing matchup. and the righty has to attack Bryce Harper in that situation. So it is trying to ultimately, I think, get a younger audience involved by trying to promote more offense. But to the extent, you know, because and also, how would this how would this actually realistically impact the Yankees? Like, like, think about it. How many of their guys in their bullpen can just go after guys and doesn't matter if they're righties, lefties, if anybody's at the plate, Chad Green, Adam Atavino, Dylan Patances, Zach Britton. Jonathan Holder or Aldis Chapman, uh, they can all attack righties or lefties. doesn't matter who you are. But also at the same time, if Dylan Patances goes out there and he's walking everybody and their mother, that's a problem. And you would want him to get out ASAP and not have to face three batters before you can get him out of there. So, eh, eh. Again, this is another rule change that you can say that it could be applicable from the first inning to the fifth inning. And then after that, So the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth, you can just say you can put in as many pitchers as you want. There is no three batter minimum. Okay. It's an argument. I'm not saying I agree with it. Um, But, well, uh, so what else else should we touch upon? Because I do want to get to some Yankee lineup stuff. Oh, another important thing to address is the Yankees, the Cubs, and a few different teams have taken advantage of this over the years where – Last year, you saw with Gleber Torres, we kept him down in the minor leagues for two for two weeks before the season started. We brought him up, and then basically by bringing him up into the majors two weeks after the season started, he automatically gains another year of major league baseball service time. So the Yankees, so he will not be entering unrestricted free agency a year earlier. So we've, you know, that's been well documented. And then the Cubs did the same thing with Chris Bryant. There is a proposed rule change that says that that service time will be adjusted based off of some rookies. That if that if a rookie makes the All Star team, if he wins the World Series MVP, if he is a finalist for Rookie of the Year, or if he wins playoffs MVP, it will count as one playoffs. He it will count as one year. What do we think of that?
1: I I like the rule. I, I I think these technicalities. In terms of these super these superstar rookies kind of need to be worked out. This is sort of a kink that needs to be fixed. All right. All right. Um, next,
0: we're going to fire through this. Koa this week came out with their projections on who's going to win the American League East and who's going to win all the divisions and baseballs, and we love predicting things that we can't predict. So, Renato, before we actually get to the real concrete numbers, I want you – to have your yearly rant before any of the games start about what you think the Yankees are going to do, and I want you to predict the unpredictable because I know
2: you love to do that. Go. So, Justin, as I said last year, I expected the Yankees to win how many games? An insane amount of games.
0: You said over 100, maybe even over 105.
2: And We got 100. I'm saying I wasn't that that far off. I, I, we, were, we didn't know how Aaron Boone was going to manage his team, so that's why I went a little bit more higher. If we knew how Aaron Boone was going to manage his team, I would have went probably closer to 100. But with the additions the Yankees have done this year, I would not be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if the New York Yankees get 110 wins. Whoa. 110 wins. You heard it first.
1: So are you predicting that, or you or you wouldn't be surprised? Mm.
2: I'm predicting more 105. But I would not be surprised to get gets 110. This Yankee team will be the the cream of the crop in the Major League Baseball this year, my opinion.
0: Well, we talked about this a few episodes ago where honestly and realistically expect Aaron Boone to change his managerial style and say, we're going to go out there and we're going to try to win every game as opposed to his initial introductory press conference that he had at the beginning of last year when he was hired, saying we're not going to necessarily go out to try and win every single baseball game. So even with that old Aaron, not old, even with this Aaron Boone approach of winning and not winning baseball games, you still think we're going to get to 100, 105 to 110 wins?
2: Yes. Wow. I think with a with, with team as talented as this Yankee team is, neither Aaron Boone could foolproof this that much.
0: Wow. All right. I will. I'm going to save that clip of you saying that.
2: And the first hey, time man. you complained I, about Aaron you, Boone. I, this is my favorite team since the 2009 season. Right now. We, either with Machado or Harper, if they even want to come to the Yankees, I don't, I don't care at this point. But I, I'm telling you, we have talent in the rotation, we have talent in the bullpen, and we have talent in this lineup. All right, so Brett, tell us uh, some Pacoa
0: numbers and predictions, projections here, and then maybe just briefly say if they've
1: been accurate in predicting the future in the past. So what I want to start with here. Is say that it's pronounced Pakoda. Oh, Pe-c-o-ta. I said, I said,
0: I said Pakoda again. Yes. Oh, no. I keep on getting confused. This, ain't, this with, ain't
1: that smart here. Okay.
0: I get, I keep on getting confused with, uh, yeah. Petco, the pet store.
1: Yeah. Oh it's my Pecota. God. P-E-C-O-T-A. 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 I'm P-E-C-O-T-A. I'm terrible. I know nothing. I, you know, it, it's a little confusing. It's, it's a long thing. But anyway, let's get to the projections. Now, yeah. these have been changing throughout the offseason as teams have been making moves. So the most recent projections, and they have the Yankees at 95 wins and 67 losses, 801 runs scored, 662 runs against, a 261 average, a 341 on base, a 452 slugging, and on and on and on. But those are your most important stats there. So clearly, they're, a little, they're being a little more conservative, and that, that makes sense. I mean, projections do tend to be a bit more conservative than what a fan would think optimistically. So if that's conservative, tell us the win totals for both the Rays and the Red Sox. The, oh, the, uh, the 2019 projected? Yeah, for the Rays and the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox, 89 and they're, they they're ha- they're in second. I, I'm. They must be really projecting the Red Sox to take some step ba- steps back. I mean, they did lose some bullpen pieces. The Red Sox did huge bullpen
2: pieces. Matter of fact,
1: so they probably are looking at the Red Sox losing some games late, um, in the uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth. I guess that's potentially part of that. They ha- they have the Rays at 86 wins. That's impressive. And, and I and I think they would be a wild card in that in that scenario. They might just be. They, uh, yeah,
0: they'd be a wild card team. Yeah, look at that. How accurate have they been in the past? I know they did. They swing and miss on the Yankees in 2017, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of people uh swung and miss on some preseason projections for the Yankees. But how did they do like
1: last year projecting the AL East? But you're you're right about them swinging and missing in 2017. Uh, the Yankees finished 2017 with 91 wins, and they were projected with 81. Yeah, obviously nobody really. I mean, nobody would have argued with eighty-one to, to start that season, right? But like you asked uh, for the twenty eighteen season, um, the the Pacoda projection was the Yankees at ninety-seven. All right, all right. So they were they were pretty on the ball. What do they project the Red Sox to get?
0: Eighty-eight. Yikes. Oh. Okay, man. Maybe there's a maybe there's a Yankee biased.
2: No Yankee bias. Stop.
0: Well, I'm so saying maybe maybe a Yankee bias for like a like for the Yankees. Oh, bias. I know, but I am saying the 2017 one didn't
1: have the bias for. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, I don't think any and nobody expected in 2017. Interesting oh, yeah. though, why is Picota projecting fewer wins this year than they were last year? I mean, I I
0: I think a lot of people are waiting for the bomb to drop on Chris Sale that he did not look right the second half of last year. Obviously, in the World Series, he went nuts. So, but, but he's on the Red Sox, he, he went nuts on the Yankees. Oh, you're talking about the oh? Why are they? So, what what was your
1: initial question again? I'm sorry, Brett. My question was why are why does Pakoda have two fewer wins here for the Yankees projected than they had in 2018? No, I don't know. Maybe because they're very aware
0: on how Aaron Boone likes to manage his games because honestly if they do have a 6 game lead on the Red Sox you bet your ass Aaron Boone is going to like tank games repeat that if the Yankees have like a 6 game lead on the Red Sox entering in like the final month or even the final 2 weeks of the year how they your, you the bet uh, no i'm saying if if they have that you bet your ass that we're going to be watching some very boring baseball games because Aaron Boone is just going to want to th- just throw guys
1: out there and save and save energy.
2: Right, I agree. I agree.
1: Confirmation yep. on this in terms of the 2018 projections. I just saw it. because I was looking sort of at a third-party uh, source here, looking at the 2018. I actually just found it on Baseball Prospectus's site. They did indeed project 97 wins for the Yankees in 2018. Wow. Okay. So, All right. Very interesting. All right, so we'll be we'll be maybe giving out some more
0: projections and prediction as the spring goes on. But I just wanted to touch upon that for a few. You want to hear um, the most
1: maddening thing though from all the projections from the, in the American League anyway? What's the maddening thing? How are the Cleveland Indians going to win ninety seven games? How yeah, are they with, with, what, with what team, bro? With, with what team? With what hitting? With what lineup? With, with what bullpen? Team. How are they going to finish with more wins than the Yankees? That. On paper, is impossible. If that impossible. happens, I will walk to Cleveland.
2: <laughs> wait, wait. Justin, you got to record that clip. We got to save it. Yes, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll clip that. <laughs> If, if, if the Cleveland Indians get greater than ninety-seven wins, Brad will walk no. from his house no, 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 all no, the way no, to no. no,
1: I, you, no. You heard my no. My original words were: if the Indians have a better record this year than the Yankees, I will walk to Cleveland.
2: Okay, 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 okay. If the Indians have a better
1: record than the
2: Yankees, brett will walk from his house all the way to Cleveland. I'm gonna join them, bread too. Okay, we'll, we'll have a we'll have, a we'll have a
0: we'll have a bleeding blue pilgrimage
1: just straight up walking i'm gonna start looking up trails right now
0: (laughs) welcome 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 to our live stream on the road to cleveland walking from pennsylvania and new jersey all the way out to cleveland ohio so without further ado let's bleed blue all right so we are running a little late unfortunately and um Honestly, I'm just getting all giddy and excited for this pilgrimage to Cleveland to happen. <laughs>
1: Cleveland, Go so, yo. watch the Browns. So we did
0: tease this. We teased that we were going to talk about lineup and defensive alignment, but we lied. I am a liar. Boo me, Renato. Boo me. Boo! Yes, I'm, I'm a terrible guy. I'm a liar. I'm a terrible host, but... Spring training, like I said, it is going to be a lot longer than I feel all of we think. It always goes – it's like, oh, yeah, spring training is going to go so quick. You always feel that every year. The regular season, it's so close, but spring training, it's going to lag on, and we will have plenty of time to talk about lineup and defensive configuration because really, even though you talk about this Yankee team being stacked, right, there are so many different combinations that you you can go with the lineup – and defensive alignment, defensive configuration. It's so fascinating to look at, especially when you think of the Yankees like to keep three guys on their bench, or even at times two guys on their bench, and they like to have the more bullpen arms the better. So it's interesting to really view that. Here's here's the question I will leave both of you with, and I want to hear and I want to hear this. Is Jacoby Ellsbury going to be on the opening day roster as a healthy twenty five man Yankee? No. Yes, he is.
2: Yes, he is. Okay. I don't want to do it, but... but you I think a double note
1: for me, by the way. If, I, if double if
2: note. He, if, if he's healthy, he's going to be your fourth outfielder over Frazier.
1: He will never be healthy, ever again.
2: If, if, if he's not healthy, then yes, it's going to be Clint Frazier's job to lose. But if, if Ellsbury's healthy and has a $25 million contract, <laughs> then they'll be on the bunch.
0: I think Brian Cashman is going to call a hit on Jacoby Ellsbury, and he's going to break both of his legs. That actually is pretty likely. Brian Cashman is going to get his guys on the job and say, make sure that man, the second that he comes down to Tampa, hit a golf club over his head, knock him out, break his legs. You know what's more likely?
2: What? That he gets traded before the season starts.
0: Wow. No, I actually no. I honestly don't think that is more. I honestly think Brian Cashman calling a hit on Jacoby Ellsbury is much more likely than him than another baseball team wanting to take on that contract.
2: Well, according to the Giants want, apparently.
0: Yeah. Well, the Giants want everybody.
2: <laughs>
1: Anyone else Ellsbury, They want Harper. <laughs> the Giants hey, given- are a team that at one time actually had an idea on how to how to baseball in general, just how to baseball.
0: Oh my god! If, if this was to imagine having. Longoria on that team and then Buster Posey and then trading Jacoby Ellsbury and then Andrew McCutcheon's back on the team dude if If this were 2010 this would be like holy shit the Tigers should trade Miguel Cabrera to the Giants just to make it really fun yeah why not (laughs) yeah just to make it like wow that this is the all decade team right here huh yeah, <laughs> especially all early decade team. Yeah, yeah, especially <laughs> especially for Ellsbury. All right, um, fellas, any kind of final thoughts? This is that now because we didn't talk about the lineup and stuff, this is actually somewhat of a short podcast. Not a very short one, but decently short. Any kind of final thoughts?
2: I got something. Oh, you got something. I got something. Who I think Luke Lloyd will be your Yankees most valuable player
1: of the year. Wow. Wow, Luke Voigt. <laughs> Save that you know for another episode. Luke okay, you want to, you don't know? What I think of Luke Voit. Okay, what? I think he'll be. I I actually also think he'll be a most valuable player of the year. You know where though? Triple A. So who's gonna play first base then? Are you telling me the Yankees assign Machado? Is that what you're telling me? What's that? I'm not saying whether they are not. Greg Bird. Greg yeah. Bird is gonna be the no. man. You you are, you are talking blasphemous right now, Greg. All right Bird, no, we're not no gonna be the man. No,
0: all right, we're not he's getting doing. into this. Okay, so this 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 was a preview on the lineup talking on
1: some award projections. Okay, great. Um, there's Brett, a reason why they just kind of they kind of threw void in the Cardinals did. Brad, like Brad, Brad, Brad. Don't, don't
2: worry, what, what what fans? We're gonna talk more about this in the next episode, right? So if you want more of the, the Brett and Ronaldo rant about Greg Bird, stay tuned for that.
0: There you go. Brett, any kind of final thoughts that doesn't involve Greg Bird and Luke Voigt? (laughs) I'm devoid of those. I'm devoid of those. All right, that was really fun. That was really funny. All right, we will see you all Wednesday for a New York Football Giants episode, I hope. I'm also going to try to get some interviews going for spring training to get prepped for the baseball season, but people aren't getting getting back to me and they're being jerks but no, that's okay. No, no, we
1: got to relax, but calm down. Don't worry. I know.
0: I'm sorry. I called them jerks. I was really mean, right? I'm that's sorry very, to those people. Very mean, it was very mean. Sheesh no, so okay. They're kind.
1: meanies uh, and jerks. Okay. Well, um, bro, bro, can, bro,
0: can antagonizing. Can one of you interview me for my own podcast?
2: Absolutely. I got you. I got you.
0: Okay. All right. So we'll Renata. we'll plan that one day. Um, so um, this your ego has ego been, either. so th- yeah, really? I, I have such a huge ego. Um, this has been episode number 37 of Bleeding Blue. And I like the way Renato does his outros. So for your one of your three co-hosts, this is Justin Penick. And this
1: is Renato Rodriguez. I feel like we should definitely predetermine the order with this, but this is also Brett Wiley.
0: All right. And um, you know what you gotta keep on doing, everybody? You gotta keep on bleeding blue. Sayonara. Bleed Blue. Sinora. See, See
1: ya Grand Slam. All right.